Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. I remember going through probably one of the toughest periods of my life. I, um, I lost my job. Uh, I was working for an agency to serve at-risk youth, and, and I was accused of misconduct, something that no one wants to be ever accused of in human services. And I lost my job. I was terminated. And uh, my, my wife at the time, who was staying at home with the kids, you know, about months prior to, decided to, you know, stay at home with the baby. So both of us were jobless, and they told us not only did they have to let me go, but they had 10 days to move out of my home. And so we're struggling. We're like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? We're moving, we're moving, we're moving. My mom comes from, comes from out of town um, to, to visit us to just support what we were going through because she, just her presence alone made what we were going through all the more bearable. And so we were just, you know, packing, packing. I was trying to apply for jobs to stay in North Carolina because there was no way I was taking my butt to Illinois. <laughs> and so... You know, here I am, you know, packing and stuff, and the last day, we're cleaning the house. We're leaving it better than we found it. You know, we're not going to, you know, play no game. We're not going to, you know, hit, you know, kick any, you know, holes in the wall or hit any, you know, do anything that's negative or anything with the house. So anyways, we basically are just, you know, doing our thing, cleaning the house, and we get a knock at the doors, DCFS. And DCFS is at the door. I'm like, oh, my goodness, they, they're serious. They're, they, they, they're, I thought that they just wanted me out, but... There, being serious. So I was getting interviewed, and my heart's beating out my chest because I can't help but to think that I could possibly lose my career over something silly. And so I'm, I'm going through this interview, and, and after the interview, it just all came to head. It just, for some reason, at that very hour, it all just, just, the emotions caught up with me. The, the frustrations caught up with me. The, the confusion, the, the hurt, the pain. I just sat down on my, on my front steps, and I'm like, yo, what's going on? My mom, I saw my mom come up on me. She was just there. She was just there, and it just made what I was processing go just a little better, just a little more comforting. But I was still in pain. I was still in turmoil. And my mom, eventually she, she spoke, and she said, Clay, baby, let's, let's get up and get back to work. God has a plan. And in that moment, I'm like, yeah, that's right. I can see something just a little more clearer, and that was truth. See, the truth in my pain, the truth in my turmoil, the truth in my valley moment was that God was in the midst. And that although there's weapons formed against me, because, y'all, there's weapons going to be formed against me. I get that. There's even weapons that are going to come and create pain and, and heartache and all that. I get that. But although there's weapons formed against me, it will not prosper. 
because God is with me. God is with me everywhere, and that's the truth. And I, you know, I was like, Mom, thank you. Even though my mom probably didn't think it was that big of a deal, it was priceless for me. So I got my butt up. We, we got done with our packing, and we left the camp. And I kid you not, I got out the car and shook the dust off my feet. You know what I'm saying? And we bounced. like We, we left. And Regina wanted to go live with her parents in Illinois. We went to Illinois and found out while there that DCFS they called me and they were like, hey, Clay, you know what? All those charges, they're dropped. You're good. You didn't do anything. I'm like, thank you. Breakthrough. Then Regina got a job in Champaign-Urbana. Breakthrough. Thank you, Lord. And then we became members of this church and look at God. Don't ever tell God where you're going to not live. <laughs> but here I am. And look at God. The, more, the, the, the point of the story is this. There is breakthrough, sure, because God is with us. But the, more, the, the, the point of the story is that his presence was in my pain. And his presence was in my pain, and it was I was reminded of that through my mother. See, my mother, she was, helped, she was sent to come help bear my load. And I believe that the Father sends us to help bear other people's loads as well, too. Probably, y'all probably thinking, well, I don't know what that looks like, Clay. I mean, help me out. Help your boy out. I don't know. What does it mean to bear a load? Well, you're in the right message. So just chill, and you, you, we're going to talk about that. Some of us are like, yo, Clay, do you know what my life is like? It's cray-cray, man. I am busy. I can't even bear my own load. You talking about bear another's load? Are you kidding me? Nah. The other side of it, it could be, hey, give me a load to bear. I want a load to bear. I want to fix everything. Call me Mr. Fix-It. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to da-da-da-da-da and da-da-da-da-da. And hey, I'm the problem solver. I'm the redeemer. Both, both place, both people, both ideas are not the right idea when it comes to bearing another's, lo another's load. So what's the right idea? What's the Bible teach about it? Let's examine that. Let's talk about it. How we, and we, as we talk about how hope rises as we bear one another's load. Let's pray. Lord, hmm, yes, Lord, you are so good. I thank you, Father, for what you're doing. I pray, Father, that you speak clearly to hearts and minds through this message you use what is about to go down right now, Lord God, to awaken people to a new reality in every way. In Jesus' name we pray in the church that amen. 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 So in the beginning of Galatians 6, Galatians 6, Paul writes uh, a letter to the church of Galatians. He spends time, he spends some time explaining to, to followers of Jesus how we should be treating one another. You know, you know what I'm saying? We should be treating one another as sisters and brothers, as, as family. You know what I'm saying? This is stuff that's good, y'all. We shouldn't just relegate this thing. This is, oh, yeah, by the way, if you have enough time, do this. Nah, this is some real stuff that Paul is outlining. Go back to Galatians 6, 1 through 12. Read that. It's good. But verse 2 is where I want to focus and camp real quick. It says this, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Okay, let's take the first, the first stanza. Bear one another's burdens. What's that mean? 
bear, to uphold, to support, to, to, to rally around, to support and hold up. And burden, or a.k.a. load, uh, a, a weightiness, a weightiness that comes from doing life or a circumstance or, you know, a hurt, a catastrophe, the weight that comes on somebody that they are bearing with difficulty. Bear one another's loads. In layman's terms, it's support each other when we're going through tough times. And in doing so, we will what? Fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Well, in Old Testament, before Jesus came on earth, there were 613 laws. You broke one, it was like breaking everything, okay? It was so many things, okay, out there to, to think about. Okay, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do this, I can't do that. What is going on? Jesus came and he said, I'm the fulfillment of the law. And because I'm the fulfillment of the law, I have the power to just go ahead and just reduce all those laws to just one. And what's that one law? Love one another. Love one another. To love one another as Jesus Christ loved us. To love one another. And in John uh, 13, 34 through 35, it reads this. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Now, some of y'all guys are like, do you know the wife I live with now? I'm playing around. That was only a joke. Y'all won't admit it, but y'all won't lie. Yeah. They were like, you know, did you know the person I live with? Like, do you know, the, the, you know my kids? Do you know my, do you know my, uh, my, my, my boss? I, like, love one another. Yeah, that's the commandment. Love one another as Jesus loves them, as Jesus loves you, as Jesus loves, love one another. For your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. They will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Check out what it says. Paul, Paul basically, basically is saying that if we bear one another's burdens in, in, in Galatians 6 2. We bear one another's burdens. We are fulfilling the law of Christ. We are fulfilling that, that, that commandment to love one another. Because when we bear one another's loads, burdens, we are fulfilling that expression of, we're, we're, we're fulfilling an expression of love. And to be completely honest, guys, I can fall in the camp where I'm way too busy to do anything for anybody. You know what I mean? I got ministry life going on. I got two sets of twins, y'all. Listen, I don't got time to be messing around with anybody's things here, there. I have too much going on. So please don't ask your boy to do anything. And that's, that's the way I can think. That's the way I can be because I'm just so busy. But at the end of the day, it's not about me. But it's about Jesus loving through me. It's about Jesus fulfilling his love through me. That's what it's about. And I was at, I was at a bus stop the other day, just the other morning, uh, with my E-twins, my second set of twins. You know, walking into the bus stop, and we were around, I'm around other parents, and we're talking. And at one, at one point, I saw this lady just walking with purpose, walking with purpose to us, you know what I mean, to our crowd. I think she had, like, some, some, uh, some, um, uh, uh, what, 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 what are they called, the jump up, the cars? Jumper cables, thank you. Uh, my mind's going, going blank. She had jumper cables in her hand. 
you know, just, just walking with purpose. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what is going on? And then she, came up, she comes up to the group, and she asks, hey, can you guys help us? Can you guys, can you guys help us? Can anybody help me jump my car? And everybody in the group was like, nope, not I. They had excuses. And I'm thinking to myself, what's going on? And then everybody had the nerve to look at me. <laughs> I'm like, girl, in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, nah, I don't got time for this. I got to go. I got places to be. I got things to do. And so, you know, the very next thing that came out of my mouth, y'all, kid you not, I was like, um, yeah, uh, I'm kind of in a hurry to get somewhere. And then conviction hit me like, boom, Holy Spirit got on me like, bro, you better shut your mouth, man, and go help her. You know, listen, are you kidding me, Clay? Listen, that CrossFit class that you got to go to can wait, bro. You can go ahead and spend the 15 minutes it takes to go jump her car and be good. I'm like, yeah, yo, yeah, you're absolutely right. What am I doing? What am I saying? And then I said to her, before I could finish the sentence, all that happened. I'm like, you know what? Nah, I got you. I got you. Where do you, you okay, I'm going to be there. I went to my car, got in there, and uh, got to her house, jumped her car, and it was good. But here's the deal. That, it was a little act of kindness, a small act of kindness. But what happened was I was sent to bear her load by providing something practical for her in a moment. I was sent to bear her load. It was something simple, but I was sent to bear her load by just providing something practical in the moment. You see, I'm not the redeemer. I'm not the savior. I, I don't want you to think that I, I'm going to save. No, no, that's not me. But Jesus does send us to provide what's needed in the moment to help bear another's load. And when we do that, hope rises. When we do that, hope rises. In Luke 5.18, there's uh, an amazing illustration that captures bearing another's load so well. It's a classic story of, of Jesus healing the paraplegic. And so, so just to provide context, Jesus is blowing up. I mean, he came on a scene, I mean, all fresh and clean, and he's just like, blah, 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 blowing it up. You know what I'm saying? Signs, wonders, miracles on him. Everywhere he goes, there's a crowd that comes. Or he's at someone's crib. He's at someone's house, a small house. But everybody and their mama is packing in the house to see Jesus, right? And some friends of a paraplegic hear that Jesus is in the house. And check out what it reads. It says this, verse 18. You can turn there, click there, or it's going to be on the screen. It says this, some men came to Jesus carrying a paraplegic man on a stretcher. They attempted to bring him in past the crowd to set him down in front of Jesus. So these, these four men are like just literally bearing the load of this paraplegic. You know what I'm saying? You got you know, four men on a stretcher bearing the load, right? These men most likely got history together. These men most likely have like have done life together in some way, in, in some way, shape, form. I mean, they may have probably been, been in the same small group together. Maybe. Church, it's, it's imperative, though. I, here's the point I want to make. It's imperative that we do life with somebody. And, and we can keep it real with people, and people can keep it real with us. There's got to be a group of people that we just are keeping it real with. We're keeping, a, we're keeping it 100 with. 
I, I think the number one reason why people feel so lonely in the world today is the fear of being transparent and vulnerable with others. I also think, or, or it can be, that we just have a fear of accepting help from others because we're going to fear it's going to make us look weak, make us look bad. No, no, I'm good. I don't need help. I don't, I don't need you helping me. In fact, I don't need you even praying for me. I'm good. What? Oh, man, I'm, I mean, I'm, I may be really, truly, when I go home, hurting, but when I go into the world, I'm going to make myself look good. I'm good. I'm good. No, no. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm living the perfect life, bro. When really, you're not. I don't think I, the paraplegic in the story, I don't think the paraplegic was like, hey, guys, don't take me to Jesus today. I'm good. I'll use my hands, bro. I'll get, I'll get around in my hands. Fine. I'm good. Go take that other paraplegic to Jesus. He needs it worse than me. Some of us act like that on the low. When we're really needing some help, we're really needing some people. To, I'm not saying to have everybody and their, their mama come into your business. I, I understand. It's a discernment process. But who are we doing life with, y'all? Who are we doing group with, y'all? Who, who's praying with you? Who's going to war with you? And who are you going to war with? Who are we bearing a load for, you know? That, that's real. And so the paraplegic that's, in the story here, he's getting some help. And, and we can learn, though, from the paraplegic's response because it's, it's, it's okay to accept help from others. And the, and the paraplegic, he accepted that help. And they're, they're taking him to Jesus. But they get there in verse 19, something crazy happens. But because there were so many people crowding the door, they had no way to bring him inside. So, so they get to the spot where Jesus is ministering, and they're like, yo, there are so many people out here. What are we going to do? Then they could have been like, yo, John A. We'll, we'll call him Johnny, okay? Yo, John A., yo, you're, you're, I'm sorry, man. It's too crowded, man. I mean, yeah, I guess you can't get a miracle today because Jesus is just the Messiah. He's like, he's got this place crunk out here. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's crazy. Can't go, bro. Sorry. Nah, that, that could have been their response. But what they do instead, they're like, yo, wait, John A., um, it's crowded here, and, uh, well, we're going to try to figure something out, man, because we are not taking your heavy butt all the way home. Listen, <laughs> listen, you, you, may, you may be paraplegic, you may not have no use in your legs, but you heavy, bro. You heavy. So we're going to find a way. We stand here until there's a way, bro. Um, let me think, let me think. And then one of the boys is like, yo, I got a crazy idea, bro. I got a crazy idea. What if? What if we took the stretcher and just climbed up the house, dug a hole through the roof, and then lowered this mug down to the feet of Jesus, bro? I know it's crazy, but what do you think about that, man? What do you think? And then everybody's like, bro, we can go to jail or... We can go down 
as them boys with mad faith in history, boy. Yeah! Faith is spelled R-I-S-K, baby. Let's go. Huh? I'm going in. What's they spell? R-I-S-K. What's they spell? They're all getting hyped and everything. They're getting hyped. Let's go. We got to suck ourselves out because we about to break the law. And the paraplegic, he was on a stretcher. He's like, as soon as he heard his four crazy bros do what they about to do, I guarantee his hope was rising. I guarantee it that the paraplegics, his hope was rising. Why? Because he knew he was going to see Jesus more clear than he's ever seen him before. So check out what it says here in Luke 5, 19. It says this. So they, they crawled onto the roof, dug their butts, dug their way through the roof tiles and lowered the man, stretcher and all, into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. And most of y'all know what happens next. The whole meeting just stops because there's somebody coming down a roof. What is going on? And the owner is like, bro, what are you doing to my roof? Get down. The paraplegic is coming down. And Jesus is like, bro, I forgive you guys of your sins because you just broke the law. Paraplegic, I forgive you of your sin too. And the Pharisees are hating. They're hating over there. They're like, yo, how can he forgive sins? You don't got the power to forgive sins. Oh, I hear your thoughts. Oh, you don't think I got the power to forgive sins? Watch this. Hey, I forgive your sins and I heal you too. Pick up your mat and walk. Pick up your mat, walk, bro. And I can guarantee you that this dude jumped up with so much vigor. What? And walked with the swag back home, bro. He walked with a straight pimp, you know what I mean? Like, like, like a limp, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, wasn't, he was walking with the swag on full alert, guys, with his friends. And I'm sure he was praising God all the way home. That's what it looks like to bear a load of another. Them boys, those four friends, did not stop until... Johnny can see Jesus. Those four friends did not stop until Johnny can see Jesus in the midst of his pain. Some of us think we have to have it all together. Some of us think that we have to say the exact right words at the exact right time and just, just yeah, I'm solving your problem because I'm going to say the exact right thing and the exact right way and the exact right time. No, no, we don't need to do any of that. What do we need to do? We just need to be there and help him see Jesus in the midst of their pain. Some of us feel like they have to fix it. I got to fix it. I got to fix it all. I got to fix it all. I, I can't help bear your loan. I'm not qualified to fix it. No, you don't need to be qualified to fix it. You don't need to be qualified to speak into their life in a way that is, is mind-blowing or in a way that brings solution. No, just be there and help them see Jesus in the midst of their pain. Amen. Yeah, yeah. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 reads this. All praises, oh, this is good. Check it out. 
All praises belong to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he is the Father of tender mercy and the God of endless comfort. He always comes alongside us to comfort us in every suffering so that we can come alongside those who are in any painful trial. We can bring them the same comfort that God has poured out um, upon us. Guys, because Father God has poured out comfort upon us, we have been sent now to come alongside those who need comfort during their sufferings. Come alongside those who need comfort during their trials. Why? Because we have been equipped with the comfort from the comforter himself, who always is down to come alongside us to bring us comfort and sends you, sends us to come alongside to bring comfort to others. Let me illustrate this real quick. Let me get my bros up here. Shout out to my live bros. Let's go. So I got my bros here. These guys, Philip and Bryce, handsome dudes. One of them is available. This guy right here. No. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay, okay. <laughs> You're not available, bro? Okay, okay. okay. So we're going we're gonna to just scrap that. He's not available. So... But come to a live, and you might see some available guys, okay, if you're in college, right? Here we go. So we got, we got these guys right here. We're doing life. We're doing life with each other. We're fellowshipping with one another. We are, we are you, know, um, and, you know, loving one another as we focus on Jesus, as we make steps to, to go towards Jesus. And we're doing life. And then all of a sudden, something hits me. There's, there's some pain, there's some weightiness, and I'm just blown away. I'm blown away by things. This pain, this suffering, this weightiness, this, 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 all this stuff comes at me, and it brings me to my knees, and I'm, and I'm in my own, like, emotions. I'm in my own just suffering, my valley moment of despair, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, what just happened just now? It could be a circumstance. It could be somebody who done, done something to me or didn't do something to me, whatever the case may be. What's happening? I'm, I'm by myself. I'm isolated. I'm focused on, on my, I'm focused on all my own pain. But if I look up and try to see Jesus and look around, these guys may be really, really willing to help me, but I have a choice. I have a choice, though. I have a choice to accept their help. And say I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't need your help. I'm good. I'm good. I got this. I'm going to man up. I'm good. No, but I'm, I'm by myself still, though. And, and the pain is eating at me. The, the lies, they're, they're consuming me. The, the enemy's starting to nip at my ankles. The enemy's starting to, to, to get at me. And, and where I possibly may turn my back on community. I may even get mad at these guys because they're not suffering in the way I'm suffering. I may grow bitter and distant. But if I just choose to, hey, you know what? I do need some help, bro. Guys, can y'all help me up, man? Whoa, thanks, man. Can y'all can can help bear my load for me? I appreciate it. As they bear my load, these guys are here for me. They're just here. They don't have to say anything. They don't have to be the solution. 
They don't have to be the fixer. All they have to do is point me to him. And so as we're walking and we're talking, we're doing life together, we're doing life together, we're looking at Jesus, I may want to get, I may have the idea to like, whoa, wait, wait a minute, I want to focus on myself again. Wait a minute, what just happened to me? I want to get, I want to, I want to, I want to look at my own pain. I want to get in, in, back into my own struggle. But these guys are here to help me, what, focus on Jesus, and then we keep walking, we keep walking, we keep walking. And then eventually I may want to say, wait a minute, though. I remember what happened to me, though. I don't know what happened to my mic. Okay, there we go. <laughs> See, they turned my mic off, man. That was not. So I'm going to. So I'm going to just relish in the moment of how that was not cool what they just did to me. Or I can focus on Jesus and we're going to keep walking. 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 And then I can then I say to myself, wait a minute. These guys, it ain't about codependency. It's about them just being there for me, focused on Jesus. See, some of us believe that you've got to be about having people help you. No, people are not your savior. People are not your savior. People are not your redeemer. It's the savior. And they're going to keep me focused on the savior. They're going to keep me focused on the hope of glory. And when they do that, y'all, when these guys bear my burden, bear my load, hope rises. Y'all, thank you very much for them. Thank you very much. I want to introduce you guys to, uh, to Greg and to Katie uh, Savage's story. They're beloved members of this church, and wow, these guys were faced with incredible amount of heartache, incredible amount of pain. But what I want you to, to see is how their small group rallied, how their small group supported and helped bear their load in the midst of their pain. Let's check out Greg and Katie's story, y'all. Once we decided we were ready to have kids, we decided to go ahead and join a family small group. We were struggling to get pregnant. Um, we saw everybody else having babies, and it just seemed like it was easy for everybody else. It was very painful, but we also knew that we had people that were with us and praying for us. I was feeling even like the disconnect of even wanting to leave small group just because it's just getting more painful. I was like, do we want to go to small group tonight? And we were just, yes, let's go. And it's just, we just kept pushing through. But yeah, we transitioned to a new small group. Mm -hmm. And and ironically, it was like, like a couple weeks, I think, after we actually transitioned that we yeah. found out that we were pregnant. <laughs> she turned a year we thought oh let's just go ahead and maybe try for another one for number two after a year we found out that we were pregnant with our son we found out that several other people were all pregnant at the same time as us in our small group so we were excited to go through pregnancy together and about 25 weeks yeah. we um, had found out that there was something wrong with our baby's heart and when we had first found out that there was something wrong with the heart, 
I mean, we automatically told our small group, like, please be praying for this. The heart would be fully fine and there was nothing wrong. And that just was not the case. And There was no negativity in our small group and in mm-hmm. our life support. And that's what we really enjoy about having a support system with small groups and family. Is they're there to give us hope in the darkness. Edison was born on November 5th of 2018. I mean, looked perfect. And they literally gave me one minute to hold him. And then they had to wheel him off to the NICU. He was surprising everybody. All the nurses were surprised on how well he was looking. Like he was actually gaining weight in the NICU. And people were like, we've never seen a heart baby do this good in the NICU before. We just thought, you know, we're gonna get through this. Like he's gonna be okay. Surgery ended up being much more complicated so they chose to put him on ECMO, which is basically like portable life support. I think it's just at that point you're just kind of just confused. You're like, wait a minute, things are going so well, and now this is what we're looking at. And then people in our small group, you know, were sharing with all their friends and family, like, please pray for Edison. And all the ladies from small group came, and like three at a time were coming back, and they were all just laying their hands on him and praying over him praying over us and that meant a lot because you feel very isolated I think we personally didn't feel necessarily like you know his presence coming in like necessarily resting on us but we felt like like God still just kept showing up through different people like Mm -hmm. whenever we needed something somebody was there to provide it or somebody was there to give us a word of encouragement or somebody was just there to give us a hug if we needed to get a hug we still felt God's presence through other people like he always worked through other people in January we were told that Edison was going to need a heart transplant the night after we got the news that we were going um, Edison had a seizure that night and the reason was because he actually had a stroke. And then they had to give us the news that it wasn't just minor damage, it was severe brain damage. And they came in and said his life is not there anymore. So we sent out and made phone calls to our parents and our siblings. In our small group. In our small group to let them know that uh, Edison was not gonna make it. Once our family got there, we were able, we actually... Leah came as well. Yeah, Leah came as well. um, And we had him dedicated and anointed with oil and, you know, we prayed, like, all the things that we wanted to do. I held him as they took him off of the life support. And that day will forever be a bittersweet day because it's also my birthday. Well, we did choose to have a celebration of life for him because that's what we wanted to do was celebrate him. And a small group was there and our family was there and just we were just surrounded by love. Like, we didn't have any burdens. Like, everything was just met. We didn't know if we would be able to get pregnant again. Um, but we had decided from the beginning that we weren't going to let fear win and we weren't going to let the enemy win. After a month of trying, <laughs> we got pregnant again. <laughs> Um, which was a shock to us because, I mean, it just doesn't happen that quickly for us. (laughs) We were thrilled but also terrified at the same time because then you're opening your heart up again to potentially be crushed again. 
we knew we were going to have a higher chance of having a baby with a heart defect. And we had all good reports that this baby looks healthy and normal. And we were thrilled to find out that we were having another boy. Like we so badly wanted a, a son. And I think that's how we always kind of like had dreamed of having one of each. And those hopes and those prayers were, were answered. We were just so thankful and just blown away by God's goodness still shining through everything. Rest in peace, Edison. Yeah, I, I, that, that right there gets me every time. But one thing I love is that how, that's how we bear one another's load. That is how we bear one another's load. I want to go ahead and just thank you, Greg and Katie Savage, for sharing your story. Um, I thank you. Thank you. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1.4. He always comes alongside us to comfort us in every suffering so that we can come alongside those who are in any painful trial. We can bring them this same comfort that God has poured out on us. Church, I believe that there's a call here. There's a challenge here for us. The first challenge is look around. Listen for God and look around because I believe he is sending you. He is sending everyone here to help bear a load of another. It can be something practical. It can be just you walking through life with somebody. Something. The second thing, the second challenge is I believe that there are people here who are called to learn to receive. Not to be codependent, but learn to receive the help that Jesus is sending us. Some of us may be blinded by our own pride to see the help that Jesus is sending our way. So I believe he has called us to just humble ourselves to receive whoever that is, whoever that may be. We may not like the way he's sending the help. We may not like the person he sends to help. We may not like the methods. You know what? You get what you get and you can't throw a fit, you know? <laughs> they teach him that in first grade these days. But I'm just saying, it's that receive. We've, I believe we've got to be postured to receive well and to then go out and bear another's load. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. You are, you are so wonderful. We fix our eyes upon you, Lord, the author and perfecter of our faith. And as we do hope rise, I pray, Father God, that you use us to and show us, teach us how to bear one another's load. We're only one person. We can't change the world. But, Father, we can go out and make a difference in one life. We can make a difference in the lives of those around us. So teach us how to bear a load. And also teach us how to receive help when you're sending help our way. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' sake. And church said amen. 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 Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us 
or join our Vineyard Life Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.